This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Got a couple great callers on the way. H and Albuquerque and 211 Steel Reserve. Going to definitely get to you in a hot minute. Got some really good texts on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187. Remember, I'm asking for game balls. Who are you handing out your game ball to? Derek Carr is a no-brainer. 31 for 34, over 300-something yards, a couple TDs. You know, that's a no-brainer. 91-point-something percent passing rating, no-brainer. So we know he's getting a game ball. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Who do you have a game ball going to? We've had some Kenyon Drake. We've had a couple Foster Moreau's. We've had the O-line. We've had the D-line. We've had Yannick and Max Crosby. Want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Also, Sam and S, text line 69187, keyword R&R. I mentioned going into break, the Jersey mystery has been solved. Every single one of us is incorrect. We got a text that says, maybe there's a half off on John Brown jerseys. <laughs> John Brown was number 15 for about 12 seconds. How did that work out, by the way? He's in Denver on the practice squad, and he got activated right before the Raider game last week. It came in for like one play and was out. He's not doing a whole lot there. I was never excited by that signing. That was one signing. I said it was either going to be him or Willie Sneed was going to make the, the roster, not both. I never thought John Brown was going to be a, a, a great addition. So it's not a John Brown jersey. It's not a Tom Flores jersey. It's not a Jeff Hostetler jersey. We've had that. Let's see what other ones we have. Um, okay, those are the only ones we got. It is a custom. Oh, it's not a, a Crabtree either. It's a custom jersey that says Lil Ty on the back. Lil Ty. Because apparently she's not full Ty. So <laughs> she's just a Lil Ty. So if I was light skinned, which I'm not, I'd be like Lil Black. <laughs> As my man Jess just turns his head, he's like, okay, I'm out of this conversation. Q just went there. I need to get me a jersey say full black on the back. All black, black, black. <laughs> Tomorrow we get a jersey called short black. <laughs> man, I ain't even do nothing to you, man. I ain't even do nothing to you. I was going to make a crunchy black joke, but that's for my crunchy. Okay, that's, that's, my, that's for my 3-6 Mafia heads out there. There you but, go. <laughs> I like, hey, I like 3-6 back in the day, man. They were awesome. So there you go. So there you go. I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. So we have the mystery has been served or solved. Lil Ty it is. Apparently that's her street name. Those are my words, not hers. Her words were a little more harsh. I'm not going there. <laughs> that was her street name, Lil Ty. So there you go. I did want to say, it's funny, I thought about it when uh, Raider Reggie called earlier in the first hour, and he mentioned what Lester Hayes said about legally kicking their asses you know I think one of the big turning points of the game obviously was the Allegheny goal play we mentioned that I think that that you know not not accepting the or accepting the penalty and, and giving the Raiders another chance on third and 12 that was dumb but they did that but another big play 
was when Denzel Perryman hit Miles Sanders. There was a screenplay, and Perryman got outside and just drilled him. And I never root for injuries because this game was brutal and you could be done in one play. Miles Sanders was done after that play. He went to the sideline. He was carted off. The Eagles said that he was questionable to return, and I'm thinking there's no way he's returning if he was carted off and, his, and he had a towel over his head. I mean, you just knew it wasn't good. And then shortly after that, they ruled him out for the game. But I think that was a big turning point, too. And, and what I mean that is it was only a three-yard loss, but Denzel Perriman, I think, kind of set a message on that hit. He drilled him so hard. I'm sitting in the press box, and it was on the press box side, and it's like, boom. And you could just – the impact, I felt like, was major as far as – the team. I think the team rallied around a big hit like that. So that's another area that I would like to point out I think was a big play in the, in the game and helped lead the Raiders, especially that defense, to getting on the right track again and getting things cooking. Speaking of cooking, man, let's go out to Albuquerque. Let's talk to our guy H in Albuquerque. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Hey, what's up, Hughes? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey, hey man, um, I've been holding on some car comments for a while now, and I'd like to share them and address some of the skeptics. Okay. Uh, that I know are out there because I've heard them recently as a few days ago. One guy even on the podcast criticized that car put too much air under his default. Yeah. And um, it's crazy. I think what we're witnessing right now is confluence of uh, events with car. Experience, those hard work, and the complementary pieces have allowed him to really give peak performance on a consistent basis. And you know me, I've been... I've, I'm, unwavered in my support for him. I think he is being the player I always felt he was. And now, with the absence of Gruden, you have Olsen who's game planning, and I think he's given Carr much more of a voice and involvement in that. And it's allowed the offense to shift to what they do best, and that's pass first with a complimentary run game. And uh, I can only see it get better. He's not going to turn into a pumpkin. Don't worry. Get, those guys need to <laughs> get off the wall and enjoy enjoy what we're seeing right now. Agreed. And one word quickly about uh, Basaccia. I love his uh, pressers, too. One thing, I, what I see is a humble guy who's working hard to earn the opportunity that's been handed to him. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. I like it. And a lot of guys, that's how I live by is the, hey, you give me an opportunity, I'm going to run with it. Only thing you could ever ask for in life is an opportunity. It's all up to you about what you do with it. And Rich Basaccia is, is taking this opportunity he has to be the head coach. He's taking it very seriously. But you're absolutely right, H. He's taking it very humbly. He is very humble about the situation. He's not letting it get to his head like he's the head coach and it's my way or the highway. I mean, he's, he's setting the precedence in, in practice. He's setting, you know, his expectations in practice. But that's how he's always been. I mean, even as just a special teams coach, he's always been, you know, very hands-on as far as, as a matter of fact, and wants the players to go out there and perform uh, at their best ability and their highest ability. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point that you brought up. How about this? little breaking NFL news. The Eagles are trading Joe Flacco to the Jets. Zach Wilson is going to be out a few weeks. He has that PCL injury to his knee. So Joe Flacco doesn't have to worry about the, being the Eagles anymore. He's now going to be part of the J-E-T-S Jets. Joe Flacco to New York to go They're to the Jets. They're bringing him back. They're taking him back. That's right. Headed back to Florham Park. So there you go, a little breaking NFL news. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line. And, H, thank you for your call. Let's, let's talk to 211 Steel Reserve. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, fellas? God bless. Hey, man. I was reading some articles. Some brought to my attention. It's like if you look at Gruden, both times he's had a decent quarterback. It's been Gannon and Carr. 
And when he's left, they've flourished. And, I, I, man, I can't wait to see what else Carr has. Man, the way he, that guy's playing. I mean, I had my doubts early on in his career, and I said it on him before, man. I, man, that dude, is he's legit. I'm so, man, everybody that's, that's knocking him still, come on now, get with it. The dude is doing it. The way this team is playing, man, we all was doom and gloom that week when all that info came down. Even last night, Mike Tirico want to sit there and say the Raiders are 5-2 and two with all the turmoil. And ain't no more turmoil, man. We've turned the corner. They've, the Raiders have shown that two weeks in a row now that that's in the rearview mirror. All right? We still getting disrespected. I mean, I hope these guys go into the bye week and prepare, prepare even more, man, because I'm loving what I'm seeing, man, proving all the naysayers wrong. And, uh, I, I man, you know what? Another thing I'm reading online is all these Raider fans that jump ship to the Niners, man. They was never Raider fans to be in with because we don't jump ship like that. And right. I got a couple more names for I got a couple more names for you and Demond. If you guys want to put them on the jersey, you can go that route, like Charlie Murphy and, and Rick James on the Chappelle Show. But their names they were using for some of those uh, references they were calling the Murphy brothers, man. So you can put some of those on back of those jerseys. And if, and Nike, if you're going to bring back some of those floors, some of the Hall of Famers, they need to release Raider. Mark Davis, whoever handles that, if you want to bring back some of the Hall of Famer jerseys that I've been demanding from day one on this station, you got to go with the old-style jersey. You cannot do it with this new Nike-style jersey. It has to be done the right way. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for the call, my man. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, it's something something nice about a vintage jersey, right, old throwback jersey. That's all good. Just got to. Text message, be rest, ready for Foster Moreau. He's calling within the hour. All right, so Foster Moreau should be joining the show within the hour. Uh, we got about 45 minutes left of today's show, so we'll see how that shakes out. Breaking news. Wow, yeah, that's real breaking news. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's what happens. Keep our head on a swivel. I mentioned that uh, at the beginning of the show. It'd be good to hear from Foster. Six catches, 60 yards, and a TD. If he doesn't make it in our show, he'll be on Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. Right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I don't want to hype it up too much because, well, Denzel Perryman was supposed to call us <laughs> at 2.05. Yeah, we've been down this road before. <laughs> <laughs> we show <sure> him. <laughs> Thank you, but real quick, I want to tell a story from yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday after the game, I was in the um, uh, the visiting team uh, press press room, okay? Yeah. And it was one of the funniest things I've seen at a press conference so far. You know, the Eagles players, they're all despondent. You know, everybody's like, hey, we lost. You know, loss is a loss. But Fletcher Cox, someone asked him a question. And they, they're all just piggybacking off of each other's questions. You know how this goes. Somebody asks, oh, I'll follow up on that. Right. So a guy, you know, so he's asking about the defense. You know, like the team identity of the defense and whatnot. So another guy, he's like, so who are you? And Fletcher Cox says, I'm Fletcher Cox. Next question. Wow. Funniest thing I've seen. So, and he's like, no, as a team. Next question. Wow. It was so. It was like one of the funniest. I just had to tell that on air because it was so funny. Well, they, yeah. They were pissed after losing. Yeah, no, they, like, they should. No, Fletcher Cox. Funniest guy in the world to me. Well, he's the leader of the team, and he's not happy with the way the defense is performing. He and also said, I don't get paid to defend screens. <laughs> really? Yes. Really? He said, I don't get paid to defend screens. I get paid to go after the quarterback. I, I get it, but I don't know about that. I mean, that's all part of it. I mean, I know he's not, a, you know, he's not the guy that's typically going to get the, you know, to the screen pass, but you're supposed to. Anyone on defense is supposed to identify it. I mean, if he's getting after the quarterback and that's what his only goal is, then a screen pass is going to work on him every time. He's supposed to be able to, as he's getting to the quarterback, if I'm, if I'm correct, I mean, I've been watching football for a long time, but I never claim to be a genius. If I'm correct, 
when the play happens and the O lineman lets you get through him without too much hesitation, that should alert anyone on defense that, oh, blank, it's a screen pass. Now for some, they just like, damn, I'm good. <laughs> well, that's, that, you know what? That's on him. That's on him, and I respect Fletcher Cox a lot. But that's on him because Unique Ngakwe have, has had moments like that. He's paid to get after the quarterback. He's had moments where he broke down, a, oh, here comes a screen pass, and instead of continuing upfield to try to get after the quarterback that he knows he's not going to get to, what did he do? Stop, take a step back, and jump. Put his hands up and knock the ball down. That's how you defend a screen pass if you're supposed to get after the quarterback. You're not going to get home. It's a screen pass. They let you get through for a reason. It's not going to happen. It's like when you're in the hood, and I know a lot of us have been in this situation, when you're in the hood and you're walking down the street and you see a nice car, but the key's in the ignition, that's called the setup car. <laughs> it's called the setup car. They want you to try to steal it. They had a whole show about that. They had a whole show about, thank you, DeMond. Like, I'm not a criminal, but I, I, I understand criminal ways. I've seen it on TV, and I stayed at a Best Western. No, is it Best Western or is it Motel 6 that does that? I don't know. I can't remember. What's, what's the catchphrase? What, what's you know when they're like, I'm not a doctor, but I, I spent a night in a so-and-so hotel. Nah, it's too late now. I blew it. I blew it. I was 6, Motel 6. Danny gave me the Motel 6 sign. Holiday Express? Okay. <laughs> Good looking out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay. When they have that car in the hood, you know what that means. That's a setup car. It means just walk around it and don't even look at it. Well, that's what a screen pass is. It's a setup. That's why they work effectively if you do them like the Raiders have done the last two weeks. Josh Jacobs has had big-time yardage gain off two very successful screen passes. One, they work really well because, well, most teams haven't seen the Raiders run with a screen pass in a long time. Now they're going to start preparing for it. But for Fletcher Cox to say that his job is only to get after the quarterback and not defend screen passes, that's absolutely wrong. And, yeah, I, again, they I were respect him. some real gems in that, on that, in that, <laughs> that Eagle presser. Nick Sirianni, like when he was asked about why not take the fourth and four instead of third and 14. Yeah. He was just like the analytics saying, it's just like, man, you're making analytics look bad. Oh, it's it. Well. And then they were like, oh, but well, their team, they were the punt team was getting ready. I didn't see it. Right. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, man, it was great. It was, they were so frazzled. That was like my, my bird's eye view of just my like, man, man, the Raiders got them shook. My man, Steven, hit me up on Twitter and said it's a Holiday Inn Express. So there you go. My man, Jess, is on his game, man. He's on his A game. He's got his, got his ultra still. Yeah, he's got his ultra there. He's watching TV, chilling, listening to us BS. What go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Good stuff, my man. Good stuff. Let's hustle back out to the Raider Nation listening line and talk to our guy from right here in Vegas. John, what's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Thank you. Hey, man, I'm the, uh, I'm the Steeler fan who's uh, making the transition to Raider Nation here. Nice. And I got to tell you, man, you're, uh, you're playing a big part of it. You are very good at your job, sir. I've been listening to Sports Talk Radio for a couple decades now. You are very good at your job. I listen to your podcast every morning. I'm just wondering, hey, could you tell me about yourself a little bit? You know, like, are you an ex-athlete, or what's your deal, man? Yeah. No, I can, for sure. I have no problem talking no, about myself. brother. <laughs> you don't know what you just did. Oh, no. Tell Foster tomorrow, hurry up. I don't care what he's doing. We get it. I have no problem. And thank you for the call. Thank you for the compliments, in all seriousness. I do appreciate that. And I, I won't go into a long spiel. But, no, I'm just a guy that, you know, come from a family that loves sports. And I was a hip-hop DJ for a long time. Traveled around, went from the Bay Area to Fresno to Texas, 
got it in sports radio when I was in Texas, and I learned a lot. And I worked a lot really hard, and I'm a big Raider fan. It would be first and foremost, I was always a Raider fan. And I always thought back in even 2002 when they were going to the Super Bowl that there wasn't enough people talking about the Raiders. Like, how are they going to the Super Bowl? And, like, they're the last clip on SportsCenter. And, oh, by the way, the Raiders won today. Next up, Tom Brady. I mean, you know, it's just like it was always something. And so I always thought, and I never knew how it was going to shake out. I didn't. I'm not going to lie to you and act like I did. I always thought if I had an opportunity to do something where I could talk about the Raiders, I would. And lo and behold, I had a buddy in Oakland, James Arcelana, who when I was in Texas said, uh, and I never knew him, but I met him on Twitter. He, uh, he said, I'm going to start a podcast talking about the Raiders. Who wants to do it? Does anyone want to join me? And I said, yeah, I will. And he didn't know me from Adam. But I told him about myself. I told him I'd do radio in ESPN Central Texas, and I'd love to do a show with him. Grew up, you know, in the Bay, a big Raider fan. So we started doing a podcast, and then that podcast led to another podcast, the Locked On Raiders podcast, which I've been doing now for four seasons. Um, so it's been, it's, it's been a fun ride, and that podcast helped me start landing different opportunities to talk on the radio about the Raiders, including on ESPN Las Vegas and including on Raider Nation Radio 920 and including, you know, stations in Fresno and the Bay Area. People started going to me as a guy in Texas to talk about the Raiders, which was pretty cool. And so at some point, oh, we ain't going to never finish this story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep talking the rest of the show, Devon. You have no idea. I'm kidding. Um, no, but so the opportunity to get the job here in Las Vegas and be on the radio every single day and talk Raiders and go out to places like the Underground Lounge that I'm at right now and talk Raiders and be at the games that, that, are, that, uh, that came up, that opportunity uh, presented itself, and I jumped all over it and – Kind of the rest is history. Now, it's kind of the short version of the story, but I think you get the, the hint of how it shook out. A lot of hard work, but a lot of fun at the same time. And I uh, appreciate the compliments. That's awesome. 321 is the time. We'll come back. And we got a lot to get to. I got Ed Granny coming up at 330, but we also have Foster Moreau that could be joining the show at any time, or maybe he'll join the show right after 4 o'clock. But we'll come back, and we got plenty of comments, plenty of calls, plenty of text messages to get to, and I got plenty of stuff here at the table at the Underground Lounge to give up, so come on by and, uh, and get hooked up with some, some great prizes. This is how we do it every single day, every afternoon. Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Going to try to keep our head on a swivel as we're at the Underground Lounge right now inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Damon in the studio is going to let me know when we have Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal. Talk about what he saw and heard. Saw at the game and heard from coaches and players following the game. Granny does a great job on ESPN Las Vegas. I like to check in with him each and every week. We'll also ask him a couple UNLV questions. Plus, we have Foster Moreau scheduled to join the show at some point. We'll see how that shakes out. Got a tweet from Marcelo. Q, if you want to leave the light on, then you'd be staying at a Motel 6. Gotcha. And Bill tweeted at me and said, we're all the car haters now. Yeah, I don't think they're hearing too much. Too much bad about Carr these days, and I don't think you can. Fargo Raider hit us up on the Sam and Ash text line. My homeboy Q and Demond, Fargo Raider here. I want to give a game ball to Andre James. He kept his chin up and kept working and did his job, helped make some of those big run lanes. Just win, baby. Great point. And I do want to give the offensive line, and the offensive line got some props and game ball earlier in the show 
But Andre James is a big part of that as well, and he's a guy that, including myself, people have been hammering him because he wasn't performing up to snuff. But that O-line looks like it's starting to gel, and they're starting to come together. So Fargo Raider, thank you for giving that game ball out to Andre James. Now, as mentioned, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He is on the phone lines right now to talk about what he saw yesterday at the game and heard following the game. And, Granny, thank you so much for your time, man. Five and two, the Raiders go into the bye week. Dominating performance uh, on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium over the Eagles. At one point, they went on a 30-0 to zero run. How impressed yeah. were you by that run that they went on to, to just really blow out the Eagles out of the stadium? I was really impressed given the first first drive of the Eagles. They're, like, sitting there going, whoa, wait a second. Um and they went right down and scored. And you're like, this is going to be it's going to be a long day or a close one. And then the Raiders just took them apart. I think, you know, I think the last two weeks have been pretty dominant. There's been some kind of chunk junk scores in the end that kind of made it the margin look closer than it was. Because I actually think they've had two straight kind of dominant performances. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100. Uh, percent What about the offensive line? Uh, we just got a, a young man, Fargo Raider, just gave an offensive lineman or an offensive line a, a, a game ball. How much have you seen them gel in the last couple of weeks? I mean, that's, you know, everyone's been talking about the edge rushers, Q, and, and you know, rightfully so, um, about the defensive line. But this is an offensive line that hasn't given up a sack in six quarters. Yesterday, Carr got hit just twice. He's, the pocket was completely clean. So I don't know what they're doing. We talked to fewer in the media room yesterday. We were talking to Colton Miller. You know, maybe they're just yelling. Maybe they're finding a way. Maybe they're figuring themselves out. Maybe Tom Cable has found something. But you can't argue with the results. And the last two weeks, well, the last six quarters, they've, they've been absolutely terrific. When you don't give up a sack, that's really all people look for. Like, is your quarterback clean? And he's been clean for a while the last two weeks. Yeah, he has, and he's been dominating. Uh, man, just playing out of his mind and obviously had a great game, only had three incompletions on Sunday. Uh, what about Alex Leatherwood? He's been kicked into guard. Uh, do you think that ultimately that just might end up being his position? It might be. I mean, and here's the thing. You know as well as anyone, it's all about confidence. So if this kid's getting confidence at guard and they're playing well and, you know, they're, on, they're not giving up sacks, I think you just keep them there. I mean, right. I, I don't – you don't keep moving a guy like that around. And I guarantee he's gotten a lot of confidence the last week that people are talking about now because, you know, deservedly so for, the, for a lot of parts. He got criticized early. He was a first-round pick. which means you got to step up and play well. So maybe this was him all along. That's the other thing we don't – you know, we don't really know that. Maybe this was his spot in the NFL and this is where he translates best for the NFL. It's not Alabama. He played a little guard at Alabama, but he's mostly a tackle. This isn't Alabama as good as they are. This is the NFL. So maybe he just translates the guard, and, and this is what he is. Yeah, exactly. And having a really good uh, right guard is not a problem. I mean, you've got to have five dudes on the offensive line working together. So, I mean, it, you're right. It might just end up being his position. That might be who he is. We're talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, what are your thoughts, been on the, on, on the play calling to Greg Olson the last two weeks? And do you think he can keep it up where – Defenses are guessing on what he's doing. Did we lose him? I'm afraid so. All right. Well, that happens. Oh, there he is. Well, maybe. Uh, weird. Uh, well, now I'm out of the wind tunnel. I apologize. Um, <laughs> you know, the last last week you and I talked, we said now he's on film with his tendencies and down and distance, and that certainly didn't seem to bother him yesterday. I think the connection between him and Carr is terrific right now. And they are so much on the same page to where, you know, this is a long way away. I get it in terms of the coaching and stuff like that. They have a long season to go. But I think when Derek Carr said yesterday how they felt about Basaccia, internally he was also saying how he feels about working with Greg Olson. Um, 
and the way he's calling plays and how, you know, kind of copacetic those two are right now. So they have a bye to figure out the Giants. Giants aren't very good, but it's the NFL. We see scores every week. You don't know. Um, this is kind of the place where they've kind of faltered in the last several years, you know, 5-2, and 6-2. and two. So I think they're very confident of that. I think they're going to understand that in the bye weeks, like Carr said yesterday. This is not a week to, you know, lay on the couch. I mean, you get your rest and you get your treatment, but they really need to also work this week. As Carr said, you know, to you and I and everyone in the media room, to continue improving. But in terms of Greg Olson right now, I don't think Carr could have a better guy calling plays for him. No, I don't think so either. And it's been refreshing to see, you know, it's just a nice little bit of energy has been kind of uh, inserted into the, the, the Raiders' veins as far as this play calling is going. And I wanted to ask you, going back to, to yesterday's game, there was a couple times, in my opinion, where I thought Jalen Hurts could keep running. I thought there was even one play later in the game where he could have ran into the end zone. He ran out of bounds. Did, did things look a little off to him, like maybe he was seeing things that weren't necessarily there throughout the course of the game? Yeah, and again, I think, I think that comes with kind of the reputation of the defensive line in the last several, years, last several weeks with the Raiders. I mean, I thought they did a good job on Crosby, but what happens you do a good job on Crosby and, and, and Gawkway has his best game of the year. I'm sure he saw him on film. Um, you know, he lost. The, they lose their running back early. That was too bad. And Miles Sanders, I, I thought that was bad because he was he looked really good early. They might have had issues with him. Um, he was getting chunk yards like right from the beginning, but then he gets hurt. Um, so I think Jalen might have been a little you know skittish there in the end in terms of what to do. But you got to credit the Raiders for that. Um, they got pressure on him, and, and they you know they flushed him out, and then he's got to make decisions. So I'm more have to give the Raiders credit on that. Um, I think he's a good quarterback. I think obviously with his speed, he does a lot of things. He can make the most amazing throws in the world, and then he can miss a five-footer. So, you know, he's got, he's got a lot to work on there with his accuracy in terms of, like, just basic throws as we saw yesterday. Um, Devontae Smith, he had a few where, you know, they're just horrible throws, and then he'll, then he'll hit someone for 30 yards. Right. So uh, I think it was more of the Raiders yesterday. I thought, you know, they, they, gave up the first, um, they gave up the first drive. Then I thought defensively they were really, really good. They gave one up in the end, but like I said earlier, that's where the margin's kind of deceiving. I thought it was kind of a beat down, and you look at the margin, you're like, well, they got 22. You know, you're playing different coverages in the end when you have big leads. Everything's kind of, you know, softer there. You're just trying to keep, get the clock going and keep him in front. So I thought defensively they were really good, and I, I thought they bothered him. Yeah, I did too, and, and they even took out some of their starters towards the end of the game. They just brought some other yeah. guys in. Uh, there was guys like Trufant got some burn on Sunday. So, I mean, there was, there was guys out there that weren't their starters because they kind of called off the dogs, like you mentioned. Now, yes. Uh, earlier, Ed, you mentioned that you know this has kind of been the point of the season where they kind of falter a little bit, and and they've had nice little records going into either the bye week or going into a week where you think it's an easier win or should be an easier win, and then they've they've just kind of faltered. What have you thought about Rich Bisaccia's approach? Where anytime he's been asked about it, it's been twice now, last night and also today, uh, and he's just like, I'm not worried about last year. I'm not worried about last game. I'm worried about this game. Talking about it today, and then. Onto the Giants, like his approach is doesn't care about anything that we're talking about when it comes to right. uh, you know half half uh, half season collapses like they have the last two years. Well, I mean, publicly that's what he should say. I mean, right. that he, that's what he should tell you and I and everyone else in the media. Like, look, we don't care about that. Privately, I think there's going to be something in the next two weeks. Like, look, it's a new year. Uh, that's not who we are anymore. Defensively, they're much better, obviously. So that right away you can say it might not happen because they're defensively. But I don't, I don't know if I turn on the Jets tape, but I remind them of the Jets. Because gotcha. that's kind of where one of the last times that I was at that game, and you're sitting there just dumbfounded, like, how did that happen? So while they wouldn't say that, and they shouldn't say that publicly, I think internally they'll discuss it amongst each other and say, look, it's not going to happen again for these reasons, the way Derek Carr is playing. 
how good they are defensively right now. Uh, someone made the point this morning on our show, and it's pretty, if, if the worst thing in the world, and Paul Gutierrez made this point, we had him on as a guest, if the worst thing in the world right now is the leading scorer in the NFL as you're missing two extra points, then you're probably playing pretty well right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a great point right there. I like that. Talking right now with Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can find him on Twitter, at Ed Grady. And uh, last question on the Raiders, and we'll ask a couple of UNLV questions. What is the most important thing, in your opinion, for them to do this week? Well, they got to get healthy. Um, and I, I, think, I think Jacobs will be fine. I think Waller will be fine. If they had Waller go through pregame to see yesterday, then I'm sure he's going to play in the next game. Usually they wouldn't have him try it. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming he'll be fine. If they get healthy, um, you know, and go into that Giants game focused, I think they'll be 6-2. and two, And then and then we'll see, right? We'll see, you yeah. know, with the Cincinnati's and the Dallas's. And, you know, you can say what you want about KC. They're not a good football team. But I still believe in Patrick Mahomes. So, right. you know, they have to play the Chargers again. So, you know, they're going to hit the hard part of the schedule. But if you're 6-2 and two with that defense right now, I think you give yourself a chance every week. So I, this, this week I would, you know, focus on getting health, as healthy as possible. You know, like Carr said, don't sit on the couch all week. Maybe sit on a few days this week and then get back to work because you have an opportunity. This is not the NFC where you're like, you start naming the best teams. Like, whoa, there's a lot of good teams there. The AFC, to me, if you're talking Buffalo and Cincy and the Raiders and teams like that, this is open for them. Um, yeah. This is not the NFC. This is open for them. So, And I think they know that. And I think that's why this week they'll put a lot of work in and, and they'll try to get healthy. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. They are, uh, they are definitely wide open. And, uh, Ed, I was going to get to some UNLV questions, but oh. uh, Foster Moreau, you're getting big time. Foster Moreau is calling in on the other line. Oh, so, I will uh, always tell him, <laughs> tell him by far he can always big time me because he's by far the best quote on that team. Okay, got you. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate you, my man. There he goes, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And now, as promised, we have Foster Moreau tied in for the Raiders. Had six catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday, uh, helping the Raiders win 33-22 over the Eagles and improve to 5-2. and two. And, Foster, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Ed Graney, who uh, we just wrapped up with, said that you're the best quote on the Raiders. So anytime we get to talk to you in a media session, he says he enjoys talking to you because you're the best quote. Oh, man, that means a lot. You, how are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great, and I'm really blessed to have you on the, on the phone and get to talk a little Raider football, and congratulations on the victory yesterday. Again, 5-2 and two going into the bye week, and for you to have that big moment and have that opportunity to go out there, even though it's not the opportunity, you didn't get it the way you wanted to by having a player be injured, but knowing that the team has the confidence in you to go out there and kind of run the same game plan through you, what was, what was going through your mind? Yeah, you know, that's never something that uh, we look forward to. And our, I mean, he's one of the best players in football. We, we never want to see Darren get hurt. Um, but, um, you know, just being able to go through it and um, them having the confidence in me and Darren giving me all the confidence in the world that uh, this is what we're, we've been prepared for for a long time, um, that meant the world to me. And, and I was just happy that we can go out and compete and fight our, fight our butts off and uh, get the win. You know, Foster, you've mentioned it multiple times. Kenyon Drake mentioned it to us last night. This team is a tight-knit bunch. You guys are really close to each other. You guys love on each other. You guys had a meeting on the in, in the indoor facility before the season just to talk about what's good, what's bad, what you could be going through. How much did that meeting help you guys deal with all the adversity that you felt and had this season so far? You know, and it's so weird. It just it feels like it feels normal. You know, it feels normal for for us in a weird way. It kind of felt, um, I'm sure it's something not a lot of teams are doing, but just with the group of guys that, that we have on this team, it, that was just, 
it, it was run of the mill. And there's just so much, so much respect and so much love that these guys have for one another. It's, uh, it's honestly, it, it's baffling to me. I've, I've never been a part of such a great group of guys. Talking right now with Raiders tight end Foster Moreau had a big game on Sunday, six catches, sixty yards, and a touchdown here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. And your your quarterback Derek Carr, he had one heck of a performance, thirty one for thirty four, just big time numbers. Uh, you know, great passing rating. What does Derek Carr mean to the team, not only on the field but off the field? Yeah, I mean that's just unbelievable. Honestly, I I, I couldn't go without watching the film. I couldn't go back and and think of where his other two completions other than the interception was I, I was just I was I was I was unbelievably just I was so happy to see Derek perform the way that he always does it and it sounds so it sounds so weird uh Q it's just the guy is um just the walking example of integrity honestly he the guy the guy works his butt off every single day He's been a leader for us on and off the field. You know, being in that locker room with um, with such a such a leader, you know, right. it's 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 a it truly is a blessing. And I learn a whole heck of a lot from him every day, uh, as does a lot of other people. And and uh, he's so humble and so kind and generous and just diligent. Uh, it's. It's unbelievable having that guy in the locker room. Now that you guys are on the bye week and, and you get an opportunity to kind of heal yourselves up and prepare for a, a game against the Giants on the East Coast, what is the most important thing for you and, and the rest of your teammates to do throughout the course of this upcoming week? Uh, stay the course. Stay the course, Q. We are, uh, we're off to a great start. Um, we're, we're exactly where we want to be. Um, and just be allergic to the big meal as uh, – as I think, um, as Gus Bradley told me, uh, be allergic to the big meal. Don't go out and celebrate. The job's not finished. It's not even close to being finished. Um, but get your bodies right and uh, enjoy the enjoy the buy. But just be ready to come back because we're going to get after it next week. I love that quote. Be allergic to the the big meal. I like that. That's yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable. A- yes. Gus Bradley told me that from Derek Brooks. Um, Derek Brooks told him that when he got the head job with Jacksonville, um, and just an unbelievable passer of wisdom, Gus Bradley is one, just one of my favorite people, um, just to try to steal knowledge from. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to steal that one and use that myself. Uh, Greg Olson, he's been calling the plays the last couple of weeks. We've seen a little bit of uh, different wrinkles thrown into the offensive game plan. How smooth has the transition been from your point of view from what Greg Olson is doing now? Yeah, you got to credit Ole. Um, it's it's been seamless. You know, uh, he, he's been all business about it, and um, obviously, it was a it, it was probably more impactful to him than than anyone. Um, just completely changed the job description at that point. But golly, he's been he's been unbelievable, and he's uh, he's truly a he's truly a leader by example, and does an awesome job for us. Um, and guys are doing it by committee. You know, Ole is just uh, a really humble, really, really just well-spoken, well-spoken guy. And um, what we've been putting on tape really speaks for itself. I'm really excited that, that Ole's just stepped so comfortably into the role. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's done a great job. We're talking right now with Foster Moreau, Raiders tied in. Just got a couple more questions for you. My man, Damon, back in the home studio had a question. Go ahead, Damon. 
All right, Foster, we were talking about, you were just talking about the big meal, and I've noticed something about you all every pregame. You always have, like, some coffee with you, so I've got to ask, what's your <laughs> coffee order? Oh, man. That's a great question. I've been waiting on that question. <laughs> so, uh, for me, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to Dutch Bros right over here on Spencer near the facility, and I get two ice 911s, which is the six espresso coffee joints, uh, and God forbid, I don't drink all those. I, I don't. I don't drink the whole thing. I get two iced medium nine one ones, one for me and one for my punter AJ Cole, uh, and then I get one Irish kicker normally for Alec Ingold. Um, but yesterday it was a uh, double torture for Alec Ingold. He put in a special request. Wow! So is Dutch Bros? Uh, yeah. Does it live up to the hype? Because all <laughs> oh, lines yeah. are insane. Dutch Bros. Dutch Bros. Is tremendous. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan. That is hilarious. We're learning about some coffee orders here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Good good question there, Damon. And while we're kind of off the beaten path, I got to ask you this. Uh, I, I picked up, I, I downloaded Darren Waller's uh, CD that he just put out not too long ago. I think I did it right before the Steelers game. Are, are you featured on one of the songs? Nah, nah, Q, that ain't me. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Somebody Damn. asked me. They asked nah. me, they're like, is that Foster Moreau? And I said, I don't know. It, it kind of nah, sounds nah, like it nah, could nah. be. <laughs> nah, 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 that ain't me. I figured nah, anyone from LSU got this. They got a little bit of flow to them. Maybe a little bit, yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I heard that. Question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, keep up the good work, Foster. We definitely appreciate you, man. Congratulations on the 5-2 and two start. Uh, enjoy the week off, but uh, at the same time, you know there's a lot of work still to be had. So we appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, you. All right, Devon. Thank you guys so much. It was awesome. I uh, appreciate you. There he goes, Foster Moreau right there. Raiders tied in. Damon, what you know about that? Did you learn more about the coffee or the hip-hop album? Oh, no, I, I learned more about the coffee because that was one of those things, like, every time I see this guy, like, the pregame, usually it's the fit check, you know, that they tweet out. But he always got coffee with him, and I'm like, oh, I got to ask about this order. I noticed the Dutch Bros, too. So, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we got to break that down. There you go. Well, Alec Engel made a special order. A.J. Cole got his order in. And I'll say this. Those are some guys that are performing, right? They're doing a heck of a job. Alec Engel had a big game. A.J. Cole, I mean, that guy, you want to talk about game balls, that guy doesn't get enough credit. He's able to flip the field so major when he's, uh, when he's punting out there. man. He does an outstanding job. And of course, Carlson's doing a great job. Missed a couple uh, extra points so far this season, but that's, I'm not going to hold that against him. I'm not mad at that at all. So I asked you this, Damon. Was that Foster Moreau on Darren Wallace's CD? No, no, no. Uh, Max, Max had a feature, though. Oh, I know Max has a feature. It oh, says he, Max's name. Oh. I, I think, I promise you it sounds like Foster Moreau. Oh, I, I'm going to have to do some research then. I'm going to have to go back and listen <laughs> to these tracks then. I know he said no, but he didn't really say no, like definitively no. He was more like, nah, <laughs> that ain't me. You need a more emphatic no. That, I, I, I don't know. If it was, it, it's, it's, it sounded good. It sounded good, but I, I started, to, started to go down that path when he said that, when I said, well, a guy from LSU's got to have some flow, and he said, ah, maybe a little, maybe a little. Maybe so, a little. See, that he left the door open a little. He cracked it open a little bit. So, no, he's, he's always great to talk to, though, at the media sessions, following games, you know, at practice, whatever. He said he's, he's the best quote. He is. No, he is. He's, he's entertaining. Like yesterday he said uh, he, was, he was asked to, to take us through that 10 – that 10-play drive that went 96 yards, and he was like, man, I don't know. I kind of blacked out during the game. You know, like he was so far in the zone that he doesn't really remember play-by-play-by-play-by-play how it breaks down. And I can imagine that. 
Hell, I do that with the show. I feel like I get in the zone sometimes. I forget what I've done and what I haven't done. But I know it's not the same thing. But for me, it's as close as I can get. So there you go. 3.47 is the time. Got a couple, uh, couple text messages that I'll get to when we come back and close out the show. Underground Lounge is the location. We got some T-shirts. We even got some Modelo Raiders T-shirts up here. We got some, uh, some pennants. You can hang on the wall. We got some shades. Got some Hooters calendars. Raider Nation Radio cups. Some koozies. And we got the best seats in the house. What's the best seats in the house? Nachos for four and a couple pitchers of beverages on us. All you got to do is come on by, throw your name in this big blue bucket we got here. We're going to come back close out the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes left in today's show. Live from the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We'll be making way for Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. 4 to 6 p.m. Close things out today on this Monday. Monday Night Football action is coming up in a few minutes. Well, a little bit later. Seahawks and the Saints. My man Lee Sterling, I asked him about the Seahawks and the Saints this morning on our betting podcast. He joins the show each and every Friday. I'll have a little soundbite from him just coming up in a quick second, but I wanted to pass this on. Speaking of betting and money, Darren Ravel is all about money on, on Twitter. He is money, 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 money. He put this tweet out about Tom Brady and that 600 touchdown ball that Mike Evans gave away to a fan. Darren Ravel said, just in, the deal has been made with the Bucks fan who gave up the Brady ball. He will receive two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady, a signed Mike Evans jersey, and his game cleats, a $1,000 credit at the Bucks team store, two season tickets for the remainder of this season, and next. My man Danny, who's sitting here at the table with me, pointed that out to me. That's a heck of a, that's a, heck of a hookup for that game ball, which will be worth a lot more than any of that combined, but that's a heck of a, hook, a come up. I kind of wish I had been that dude. Not because I wanted all that stuff, but that would just be kind of cool. I mean, it would be kind of cool to have all that stuff. I wouldn't need to collect it. I'm more of a picture guy than an autograph guy, but, hey, it is what it is. Vinny Bonsignor, he's in the, in the huddle. Well, he'll be in the huddle coming up next, but he's in the studio right now hanging out. And Vinny, dominating performance from the Silver and Black Sunday at uh, Legion Stadium, man. 33-22, I don't think that the score really – showed you what the game was like if you didn't watch the game you just looked at the box score I don't think you really got a good understanding of that game how impressed were you with that dominant performance by the Raiders yeah no question about it and for the second straight week uh yeah. Q um so back-to-back commanding complete performances where you know all three phases showed up complimentary football the defense did its job they gave up a what a first quarter touchdown on the opening drive and it wasn't until the third quarter uh, that that uh, the Eagles scored again, and by then, by that point, the Raiders are up thirty to seven, just like last <laughs> right. week um, when they were up. I think what was it, twenty four seven? By the time Denver scored again, so it we haven't seen this from a Raiders team in a long time. Certainly, since I've been covering them for the last couple of years, you never had complimentary football like this. Derek Carr and the offense could never rely on the defense consistently. Uh, to to hold the fort down and allow him enough possessions to go build a thirty to seven lead or a twenty to seven twenty four seven lead. So uh, these are good signs moving forward of a Raider team that is pretty darn good, and they've got uh, all the pieces in place to make not just a playoff run, but there's nobody in the AFC that scares you so much that you couldn't think or uh, imagine at this very moment 
the Raiders can go beat basically anybody or, or compete with anybody in the AFC right now. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but there's no, oh my gosh, that team is just so good right now. There's no way the Raiders can compete with them. Anything but. No, no, there's nobody that's head and tails and head and shoulders above above the Raiders right now. I mean, they have a puncher's chance with any team in the league. And, again, like, like you mentioned, that's something that you haven't been able to say about the Raiders uh, because they haven't been a complete team. They've been very offensive heavy, but their defense has struggled. So for them to be able to do that and, like you said, have that, have that uh, ability to give the ball back to Carr so many times where he could run off 30 unanswered points, that's incredible. I mean, it really is. And so that was one of the biggest things that stood out to me from that game. You asked Rich, uh, uh, you asked Rich Bisaccia earlier today about Alec Ingold starting off the third quarter with that, that recovery on the onside kick. How much do you think that the Raiders benefited from Rich Bisaccia being the head coach, probably having that last, last voice in the locker room before they hit the field and saying, hey, watch out and prepare for what could possibly come right now. Yeah, because as, as Rich was talking about, uh, the Eagles were trying to steal a possession from them. And you've seen it work in the NFL. The, yep. I think the Lions uh, got after the Rams on the special teams, and, and I believe they opened the game yep. uh, with an onside kick. So you always have to be aware of it, especially when you don't have your hands team there prepared for it. So uh, there's no doubt, I think, that Rich's voice in that regard, just letting them know, like, hey, look, you know, we're up big. This is the perfect time for a struggling team uh, to try to get back, steal some momentum, get back in the game real quick. Uh, and, and the Raiders were obviously prepared for it. Alec Ingold was Johnny on the spot and said, not, not on my watch, that's not going to happen. And then what that ended up doing was giving the Raiders great field position and they were able to take uh, control of the game shortly after. Yeah, no doubt about it. So it was a pretty uh, impressive performance, I do believe. Uh, five and two, they're on the bye week now. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out the rest of the way. Uh, we got plenty of time to talk about it. Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. I'm going to be here. Danny's going to be here. We're hanging out. I'll be checking in during Vinny's show to let you know how it goes down here at the Underground Lounge as people are starting to pour in and prepare themselves for this game. Seahawks and Saints. Monday night football action. So come on by, hang out. I got a bunch of prizes for you. Plus, I'm going to hook up the best seats in the house. So I'll talk to you in a little bit. I'll check in with Vinny and Damon and see how they're doing and let you know how the action goes down here at the Oyo. I'll holler. Have a good one.